I've not always been faithful, but he's always been faithful, amen? And uh, his faithfulness encourages me to be more faithful. And uh, I'm thankful that he never gave up on me. And I'm sure if you're here tonight and you know the Lord, you understand what I mean when I say I'm thankful He never gave up on me, because you can say the same. And you know, even if you're here and you don't know the Lord, you can be thankful He hasn't given up on you. You say, what do you mean, preacher? Well, you're here tonight, and you're going to hear the Word of God preached again, and... um, in a, in a hopeless world, there is hope. But it's not found in the world, it's found in the Word. Amen? And the precious Word of God. We're going to be in the book of James tonight. I threw you a curveball there, didn't I? You thought I was going to say Job, but I said James. But we're still going to preach about Job. Amen? From the book of James, James chapter 5. James chapter 5. While you're turning there again, let me say thank you uh, to Pastor Wood. Thank you for having us. And uh, thank you, Gospel Light, for making us feel so welcomed. And um, we've thoroughly enjoyed our time. We really have. And I believe, again, I believe God has really spoken to our hearts in these days. He's spoken to my heart. And, uh, you know, preacher mentioned, he said, you know, you can, it's easy for the heart to stray. And um, <clears throat> I was thinking about it, sitting down there thinking that maybe you're thinking because I'm in church almost every night of the week that I don't have to face that. But you know what? The capacity of the human heart to stray from God. You can sit in a church pew and your heart be a million miles away. And, uh, and uh, the old songwriter said it this way, prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart. Take and seal it. Amen? When you seal something, that means nothing's getting out and nothing's getting in. Just seal it for thy courts above. And uh, these days, uh, the Lord has helped me, and I thank the Lord for it. He's used you to do that. And nothing encourages a preacher more than a group of people that are wanting to hear the word. Amen? And uh, I don't know how to explain it, I don't know how to quantify it, but I can tell when folks are there to hear the Word of God, and I can tell when they're not. And so thank you for being attentive this week and these days. James chapter 5, I've given you lots of time to find it. Stand with me if you're able, and uh, we will read uh, these verses, two verses to begin with, James chapter 5. And we'll read verses 10 and 11. I'll read aloud and you follow along in your Bible. James chapter 5, verse 10. The Bible says, Take, my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering affliction and of patience. Behold, we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job. And have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. I want to preach tonight on the patience of Job. Maybe you've heard that expression before. Well, that person, he's got the patience of Job. Did you know that came from the Bible? And uh, I want us to look at this tonight for our closing message on the patience of Job. And look at patience. And the patience is one of those things that We don't really like to have, but we need it. Amen? And so uh, let's pray and ask the Lord to speak to our hearts. Heavenly Father, thank you for the day you've given us. Again, Lord, thank you for what we've experienced in this place these last few days. And Lord, I thank you for the work that's being done right here at this church. God, uh, it's exciting to see uh, folks saved. And Lord, uh, some folks that were saved in our meeting last year have been here this week. God, what an encouragement that is to see fruit that remains. And uh, Lord, uh, there's something special going on at this church. And God, I pray that uh, you would continue to do that work. We know, Lord, it's not about these people. 
Uh, Lord, it's, a, it's all about you and what you're doing. And so, God, I pray that a gospel like Baptist Church would be careful to uh, keep an open ear and an open heart toward you. Lord, that you would continue to bless and help and strengthen this church and this good pastor. Lord, I pray that you would just uh, give him the, the messages, Lord, that this church needs in the days to come. Father, I pray that there would be a continued hunger for the Word of God and for revival. Lord, I pray that you would draw us near even tonight. Father, you spoke to us last night, and I believe that you drew us near to yourself. And maybe, Lord, we saw you in a way we hadn't seen you in a while or maybe ever before. God, we ask that you would do it again. Father, I pray that by your grace and by your power that you would show up in a, in a, in a supernatural way, something that we cannot explain with, by human means, but we would know that a work of God is done in our midst. Lord, uh, if there's someone here tonight who is unsaved, they've never been saved by the grace of God, they've never repented their sin and trusted Christ, Lord, I pray that you would speak to their heart tonight. Help them to realize that the soul is the most precious thing that they have. And you said one time during your ministry, you said, you asked this question, what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? There's nothing more precious than the soul of an individual because that soul will live forever in heaven or it will die forever in hell. And so, God, we know that it's not your will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so, God, we pray for that soul that's here tonight. They're in church, but they're not in Christ. But Lord, they, they, they're here uh, to hear your word. And, Lord, I pray that by your Spirit you would draw them, Lord, that they would trust Jesus that they would believe that he died on the cross for their sin and he rose again. And if they'll believe and trust in him, that he'll give them eternal life. Lord, give them that faith tonight. May they exercise it in you. And Father, I pray for your people. Lord, we need you to speak to our hearts again. And Lord, this topic, this subject of patience, dear God, we have need of patience. And so God, I pray that you'd help us as we look at the life of Job once again and see the patience of Job, may we be instructed and helped in our lives in a way that will please and honor you. Lord, we'll be careful to give you the praise and glory for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. The patience of Job. There's three things I want to look at tonight when I think about patience that I want us to consider. And the first thing is this, and you're probably already thinking this. Patience is waiting. Patience is waiting. And uh, the Bible says a lot about waiting. Look with me, if you will, in Psalm 27. Psalm 27. And I want us to look at some verses that have been a help and a strength to me for many years. In Psalm 27, it's a psalm of David, and David, like Job, went through a lot of hardship in his life. As a matter of fact, as you study the Bible, and you study the, the men and the women who, uh, that we know uh, made an impact for God, and really their lives were an example of, of Christianity, you will find in every one of their lives that they went through hardship. Don't get in your mind tonight that, well, you know, if I just serve God, all my problems will be over. Because that's not the way it works. Say, so why is that? We're not in heaven yet. Amen. I know there's a sweet by and by, but right now we're in the nasty now and now. And so we're not there yet. So there's going to be troubles and there's going to be trials. And, and listen, everybody has troubles. Everybody has trials. I've seen people, they get saved and they start following God and they, start, they have troubles and trials and they think, well, man, now that I'm saved, now I'm following God, now I've got all these troubles. You know what they've forgotten? They had troubles before they got saved. We have unreal expectation, but the fact of the matter is, until we get to heaven, we're going to have trials, we're going to have temptations, we're going to have hardships. And David, like Job, suffered a lot of them but this is one thing that he learned. He learned the value of patience. And look at Psalm 27. And uh, 
Uh, let's, let's start reading verse number 8. When thou saidst, this is David speaking to the Lord, when thou saidst, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. We spoke about that last night. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Deliver me not over to the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. Now look at verse 13. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good, good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Patience is waiting. David's going through troubles, and he's going through trials, just as Job did. But he understands that these troubles and these trials are not here to stay. It's just something that we go through. But we do go through them, amen? There's, a, there's hope on the other side. And listen, there's hope in the midst of the trial. What we have to understand is that when we go through hardship, God is trying to teach us something during that hardship and through that hardship. David said this. He said, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord. Now, you know what he's saying there? He's saying right now, I don't see it. Is that what he says? Right now, I don't see goodness. Right now, I only see trouble. Right now, I only see loss. And it does not say, it does not say, I had fainted unless I had seen the goodness of the Lord. It's not what it says. It says, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord. You know, when you're going through a hardship, the hardest thing to do is to wait and to have faith that, listen, one of these days, it's not going to be dark and dreary. One of these days, it's not going to be pain and suffering. One of these days, God's going to bring goodness into my life, and I believe that I'll see goodness again. He says to wait on the Lord and be of good courage. He shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. To be patient, let me read you the definition of patient. Listen closely. To be patient is having the quality of enduring evils without murmuring or fretfulness. See, patience is not just waiting. It's waiting without murmuring. Boy, that's a tough one, isn't it? That's a tough one. If there's one thing Baptists are good at, we're good at murmuring. We're good at eating, amen? And we're good at murmuring. You know what murmuring is? I love the word murmur. Because just the way it sounds, it describes what you're doing. You know? Murmur, 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 murmur. Murmur, 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 murmur. Isn't God good? Murmur, 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 murmur. Well, maybe he's good to you. He's not being good to me. That's not patience. That's not faith. Patience is not just waiting to see the goodness of the Lord, but it's, it's doing so without murmuring. You know, you, that, that pleases God when we are patient, we have a patient spirit. He says, th this also is a meaning of, of, of patient, not easily provoked. Calm under uh, the sufferance of injuries or offenses. Not revengeful. Wow. I'll be honest with you. I didn't know patient meant all that. 
Patience is, is enduring hardships without murmuring, and it's also enduring hardships and offenses without being vengeful about it. Say, preacher, I was expecting an uplifting message for the last night of the meeting. Well, sorry, this is what we got. <laughs> Patient also means persevering. It is constant in pursuit. It is calmly diligent. You know what patience will do? It'll cause you to keep going in the face of hardship. When we think about the patience of Job, I want you to think about all these things. Because as we've established, Job went through some really, really difficult things. But he went through them with patience. It means not hasty. Not over-eager or impetuous. Waiting or expecting with calmness or without discontent. Man, I'm getting convicted just reading the definitions. Patient means while you're going through the hardship, you're not discontent with your situation. It means you're not hasty. You know what the Bible says about Job? He did not sin with his lips, with his mouth. He did not charge God foolishly. Well, we do that a lot when we're under pressure. We charge God foolishly. Job didn't do that. How did he endure that? He had patience. So patience is waiting. But the second thing I want us to see is that patience is work. Patience is work. Look at James, back to the book of James, James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Much of the book of James is written to believers who are going through persecution. As a matter of fact, much of the New Testament is written to believers who are going through hard times. So I think a lot of ways, much of the New Testament is written in a way that we don't really understand much about. Because they were being persecuted for their faith. We have troubles and trials, but we don't really suffer a lot of persecution for our faith yet. But it's coming. It's coming. We're going to need these words. Look what James has to say in his opening statement. James chapter 1, verse 1. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. My brethren, count it all joy when everything's going your way and you have plenty of money in the bank. Is that what the Bible says? No. Is that how we operate? Yeah. What's it say, though? My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations. Now those fancy words just mean this. When you get into a lot of trouble, count it all joy. Why? How can we count it all joy when we fall into diverse temptations? Look at verse 3. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith, what's that next word? Worketh patience. You know, when you're working on something, there's an element of time involved, and there's an element of effort. There's, an el there's, 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 a, there's a space of time when you have not really gotten the, the finished work, and there's, there's this time of, of a process. And what the Lord is telling us here is that patience comes as a result of some work. What is the work? How does it take, take place? Well, it's the trying of your faith. You understand that when we fall into diverse temptations, our faith is being put on trial. Something's put on trial. Someone's put on trial. You're trying to determine whether that person is guilty or innocent. 
whether there's any evidence that what is being charged is true or if it's false. Well, here the Lord point, uh, points uh, or paints this picture for us of our faith on trial. Our faith is on trial. Now, how is our faith being tried? Well, with trials, <laughs> with divers' temptations. And what it's going to reveal is whether that faith is genuine or not. Because everybody loves God when things are going good. Everybody, everybody's devoted to the Lord when things are going well, but what about when they're not? Remember all the way back when we first looked at Job and, and how his story uh, begins all the way back in the book of Job. Satan's charge was that Job was serving God because everything was going well. And you know what happened with Job? His faith got put on trial. How many folks have come in the doors of the church, they said, boy, we really believe this, boy, we really like what you're preaching, we really like what we're, we're singing here, and, and we want to join up, amen? We want to join up, we want to be part of this, and all of a sudden, trials come into your life, hardships, and they're introduced to struggles, and the next thing you know, they're out the door and you couldn't find them with the FBI and the CIA. What happened? That faith was put on trial and it failed. Because it wasn't genuine. Now, when the faith is genuine... What the trial will do is it will not put you out. It'll put you in a work of patience. The trying of our faith works patience. Now, when I say patience is a work, I'm not talking about our work. I'm talking about his work. He's working patience in our life. I've prayed this before. Lord, I'm, I'm just going to be, I'm going to work on this, and I'm going to be more patient than I've been before. That doesn't work. The arm of flesh will fail you. I'm going to do better. Listen, you can no more make yourself patient as you could make yourself saved. It's the work of God. God brings these things in our life, but we have to be willing. Listen, when you got saved, God didn't make you saved. Right? He didn't force you to get saved. You had to be willing to turn from your sin and turn to Christ and receive what Jesus Christ had done for you. And God did the saving. The same is true when God works in our life and that work of patience that we all must have, God's going to work in our lives and he's going to use trials to do it. Yeehaw. <laughs> it's a work. Through a, a, through a trying of our faith, patience is, work, uh, is worked in our lives, but watch what patience works in us. So God's going to, through the trying of our faith, he's going to work patience in our life. But then once we have patience, watch what patience does. It's in the next verse. Verse 4. But let patience have her perfect work. I always wondered why the Lord referred to patience in the feminine way. And then... I realized after about our second or third child why God used, uh, gave uh, patience a feminine uh, pronoun. Let patience have her perfect work. Why? That ye may be perfect. Now think about that. Think about that. God is saying 
when we allow patience to work in our lives, it has a perfecting work. A perfecting work. This is what it says. That ye may be perfect and an entire wanting nothing. Now you know what he's doing here? He's basically giving us the same word three times. Perfect, entire, wanting nothing. He wants us to understand what he's saying here. To be perfect means to be complete. He said, I want you to be perfect, entire. That means you're not missing anything. How many times you get the puzzle out? You're putting together the puzzle. And you get down to the end, and you're missing one piece. And you have this moment in your life where you think, I just wasted two hours of my life. I'll never get it back. Because the puzzle is incomplete. It's not entire. There's something missing. You know what he's saying? Listen, Christian. If you're going to present a perfect picture of Jesus in your life, which is what we're called to be, you're going to have to have patience. Because you're not going to make it without patience. He said, perfect, entire, wanting nothing. I was thinking about patience and how important patience is. Real faith waits patiently. Say what I mean, preacher. If we have complete faith in our God, and we have complete faith in God's Word and in the promises of His Word, then we can wait as long as we need to for those promises to be fulfilled, and we will not be moved off of our position of faith. We can endure all the affliction and the hardship that we go through because we know, we know that God is going to stand true to his word. We know that it's not going to stay this way forever. You can go through a lot if you know what's at the end. Patience has complete faith in God. When we say we have faith in God, and then hardships come along, and we, and we lose faith in God, we have not achieved patience. Patience is the pinnacle of faith, and therefore, it's the pinnacle of the Christian life. If you have patience you have reached the pinnacle of Christianity. Wow. So what the Bible says, let patience have her perfect work that ye may be perfect. Listen, let me just get real, real, real with you right now. You know how a lot of young people get in trouble? Lack of patience. They can't wait for God's best. And so they take the first thing that comes along. You have need of patience. And it's not just the young people. See, we say, yeah, we believe God's word is right. His way is right. He's going to supply for our needs. He's going to bring into our lives everything that we need to please him. And then when it doesn't come along just like that, we're out the door. We're looking elsewhere. Patience says, Lord, I trust you. I believe that you have my best interest in mind. And I'll wait. I will wait. Patience is waiting. Patience is work. But thank God for the work that patience accomplishes in our lives. Let me give you this one. Patience is watching. 
Let's go back to our text in James chapter 5. And I want to back up to verse number 7. James chapter 5, verse 7. Look what the scripture says. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. You know what the scripture throughout the New Testament encourages us to do? To watch for his coming. Now, you know, you know why I believe more Christians are not watching for the coming of the Lord? Because things are going too good down here. You, you read about the church in Russia or the church in Saudi Arabia or the church in China, the church in, North, uh, in, in, in Vietnam, in North Korea. You know what they're doing? They're watching for the Lord to come back. You know why? Because it's getting really rough where they're at. And we've had it so good for so long, we're not looking for the Lord to come back. We're just wanting some more goods. And we've set our affection on things below instead of things above. You have a few, you have a few run-ins like Job did, you start looking up. Amen. He said, Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he received the early and latter rain. He gives the illustration of a husbandman or someone who's, who has a vineyard growing crops. You know what a farmer has to do? He has to be patient. Now, we don't have to be patient. We just go to the grocery store and buy it. Or now, we just go, and it shows up at our door today or tomorrow. Or, you know, for an extra couple bucks, it can be there in 30 minutes. We say, well, I have no need of patience. I can have everything I want just like that. Let me tell you something. This is what you can't have just like that. You can't have a walk with God just like that. You're not going to see God like Job did just like that. You're not going to see God change your family just like that. I'm saying there's going to have to be some planting going on. There's going to have to be some watering going on. There's going to have to be some prayers going on. There's going to have to be some commitment and some patience. God's working, but he's not working on your timetable. He's working on his. You know why? He knows how much time that seed needs. He knows how much water that seed needs. He knows exactly what's required to get the job done, and we don't. And so therefore, we have to, by faith, wait on God and say, Lord, we know that your timing is right. Be patient, watching for the Lord's timing, for the Lord's coming, for the Lord's harvest. Patience is having complete faith in the will of God. And having complete faith in the plan of God. Look what he says here in verse 8 of James 5. Be, be ye also patient, establish your hearts. The word establish means, it means to set. Get your heart settled on this fact. The Lord's coming back. Understand that this, what we're going through now, and if you're going through a hard time right now, what you're going through now is just for a time. The Lord's coming back. Those of us who are saved, we have the assurance of heaven, and we have the assurance of a change of our situation. Look at Job chapter 14. We eventually get to Job. Amen? 
In Job 14, which was in my Bible reading today, and I think probably a couple others, probably yours, brother. This is what we read. Verse number one. Man that is born of a woman is of few days and full of trouble. Now you can take that one or two ways. You can say, well, he's got a lot of problems. Or you can say, he is a problem. Amen? <laughs> I think they're both true. He cometh forth like a flower and is cut down. He fleeth also as a shadow and continueth not. You know what he's saying? This world is full of trouble. He said, preacher, you've been saying that all week. I know. I want you to get that. Don't expect this to be heaven. Don't expect life to be rosy and sweet and paved in gold. It's not going to be that way. But there's a brighter day coming. Look what he says. Look down in verse number 14. Job 14, 14. If a man die, shall he live again? I got an answer for you, Mr. Job. Yes. He will live again. He says this, all the days of my appointed time will I, what? Wait. Till my change come. You know what Job understood? This world's not my home. This, listen, this world is going to come to an end. Your life in this world is going to come to an end. And Job said, listen, I know I'm going to die. But that's not going to be the end of me. He said, there's going to be a change that's going to take place. Now look with me. Look over in chapter 19 of Job. Job 19, let's, let's start reading verse 23. He says, Oh, that my words were now written. Oh, that they were printed in a book. I think he got his wish, don't you? That they were graven with an iron pen and led in the rock forever. Well, guess what? It's one step better. It's forever settled in heaven. That's what, that's what Job's, Job's book has been written. And it's forever settled. It's part of God's word. But look at verse 25. He references forever at the end of verse 24. And look at verse 25. For I know that my Redeemer liveth. And that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. You know what he's saying? Listen, right now. Satan's having his way. Things are not looking well on this earth. My life's a wreck right now because of all the trouble that I'm in. But I do know this, that one day the Lord is coming back. I know that my Redeemer liveth. God is not dead. Hope is not lost. Trouble is not forever, and Satan is not king. My Redeemer's coming back, and he's going to stand on this earth. And when Jesus gets back, he's going to straighten out the mess. Amen? Look what it says here. Look what he says. He says, he'll stand at the latter day upon the earth. And look at verse 26. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh Shall I see God? He said, one day this, this body's going to die. And everybody's afraid of it. You know, they're afraid of death. And they're doing everything they can to just make sure that they live another day and try to keep this life going. And listen, that's just, that's natural. I understand that. 
But the longer I live in this body, the more I realize I don't want to live forever in this body. Can I get a witness right there? I don't want to live forever in this thing. You know what this is? This is just a vehicle. It's just a thing to get me from one place to the other, and I know that this body has an appointment with the grave. He talks about skin worms. Long before they discovered, science discovered this. Job knew it was true. Your body is going to self, what's the word, I'm, decompose, I guess. There's stuff in your body that's going to destroy your body after you're dead. The only thing keeping this body alive right now is God. He said, this old body's going to sit, sit in that grave, and it's going to decompose, and it's going to rot, and it's going to stink. It's going to go back to the dirt where it came from. But that's not going to be the end of old Job. Oh, no. He said, in my flesh shall I see God. That's what he said. You know what that means? We're getting a new body. And that new body we're getting is not like these old things. No, man, it's going to be like trading in a Pinto for a Corvette. Amen? <laughs> We're going to get rid of these old bodies. God's going to give us a new body. We're going to be made in his likeness without sin. And we're going to behold our Savior in, the, in our flesh. That's what Job said. He said, in my flesh shall I see God. You know, when you have that as a hope, you can go through some troubles here. And you can go through them patiently because you know at the end, at the end, it's all going to be okay. It's going to be better than okay. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be an existence like we could only dream of now. Now, here's what you need to think about as I close tonight. This is what you need to think about. Job had the assurance and therefore could have the patience to know that everything's going to be okay. No matter all the troubles and trials, and even this life being ended, when this body passes away, it's going to get better for me. Way better. But you know what's very sad? Many people going through life, they do not have that assurance. They can't say, well, after this life, it's going to get better. Because they've never trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, can I tell you tonight, your only hope for eternal happiness and peace and joy in heaven is Jesus Christ. That's it. That's it. How can you be so sure, preacher? How can these people be so sure? How can we shout about leaving these bodies behind and, and, and what's going to happen after we die? How can we be so sure? Oh, it's not by our own works or our own goodness, our own righteousness. But we read in this precious old book that we call the Bible that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. You know what we realized? We're sinners. We do things wrong. We've broken God's law. We deserve hell. So why are you so happy? Because I deserve to go to hell, but I'm not going there. Amen. And it's all because of Jesus. Now listen, you can say, well, you know, I'm just going to be a good person and I'm going to do my very best and, you know, God will understand and God will, you say, well, God, God will, he'll just, he'll make a way that I can get to heaven. You're right. He already has made a way for you to get to heaven. But it's not by your righteousness, it's by his. See, when Christ died on the cross, when Christ died on the cross, the Bible says that he became sin for us. He who knew no sin. That is, Jesus never sinned. He never said one bad word. He never had one bad thought. He never sassed his mom. He never did one thing to break the law. 
And yet, on that cross, he became our sin. That is, God took all of our sins and put them on him. Why do you do that, preacher? So that Jesus could die for our sins and take our place, that cross that he was hanging on, we deserve that cross. But he took our place on that cross and he died for all of sins of mankind for all time. Past, present, future, he paid for all of them on that cross. When he died, he cried out right before he died, it is finished. What was finished? The work of salvation. He paid for our sins on that cross. Then they took him down. They put him in a tomb. And three days later, he rose again. You know how important the resurrection is? The resurrection was the proof that what Jesus did on the cross was sufficient to pay for our sins. Because God raised him from the dead. Because it was not possible for him to stay in that grave. It's the Son of God. Declared to be the Son of God with power by the resurrection of the dead. When Christ died on that cross, he died for all our sins. When he rose again, he sealed forever the free gift of eternal life to all who will come to him. You know the saddest thing about people going to hell? This is the saddest thing about it. They don't have to go. What they're going to hell for, the wages of sin is death. The payment for sin is death. And what they're going to hell for Jesus already paid for. Well, how come they're going? Because they have not accepted the payment. Salvation is very simple. I didn't say it's easy, but I said it's simple. It's very simple. You realize I'm a sinner. I deserve hell because of my sin. And Christ died for my sin. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to commit my soul to his keeping. The Bible says, He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. You say, what do you, what do you mean receive? How do you receive? He explains it. He says, even to them that believe on his name. Salvation, very simple. You're a sinner. He's the Savior. You stop trusting yourself and you trust him. You say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. I believe you rose again and I believe you'll save me if I ask you. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you have not done that, you need to do that. And then tonight, you can leave, and you can face your problems. You can say, listen, the problems are still there, but I can be patient because I know they're not here to stay. They're here to go. And one day, I'm going to be in heaven with the Lord, and we won't even remember the problems of this life anymore. Let's stand together. Heavenly Father, thank you for the day you've given us. Thank you, God, for the grace that you've bestowed upon us. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, most of all for Jesus Christ. Thank you for the blood that he shed. We could never wash away our own sins, not by our good works, not by baptism, not by giving or anything else. Lord, we could never take care of our sins. We're so glad that Christ came. He was willing to take our sins and take our place, take our judgment so that we could have his life, have his righteousness. God, I pray for any soul here tonight that is unsaved. They've never trusted Christ. Lord, help them to come to Christ tonight and be saved. Lord, I pray for believers. 
God, help us to keep our eyes on you, to keep heaven in mind, to keep looking for your coming and looking for your work in our lives and allowing patience to have her perfect work. Help us not to get caught up with the things of this world. Help us, Lord, to just trust you. You have a plan, and your plan is perfect. Lord, we pray that we would all be sensitive to your spirit now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Eyes are bowed, eyes are closed. Maybe you're here tonight and you got Christ on the outside, but you don't have him on the inside. You need eternal life. You need to receive Christ into your heart today. Receiving him by faith, asking him. Jesus said, if any man hear my voice, if any man, if, if Christ is speaking to you tonight about salvation, I'd like to invite you to come down. If you're a lady, I'll take a lady to show you how you can be saved. If you're a man, I'll take a man to show you how you can to be saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. And no one can take that salvation from you. Altar's open. Come down and pray. I'd like to invite you to come down and pray. If the Lord spoke to your heart about patience. The Lord spoke to your heart about sin. Lord spoke to your heart about becoming just a better Christian, getting closer to Him. If you're here tonight and you're not 100% sure, how can I be 100% sure? When you have the Son of God living inside of you, you'll know He's there. He bears witness with your spirit that you are His child. I can stand up here tonight and, to, and tell you that I am 100% sure that I am a child of God. Not because I deserve it, but because Christ came in and he brought life. Would you receive that life tonight? Jesus said, he that cometh to me, I will no wise cast out. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and then with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. All you got to do is ask him. Open up your heart and ask Christ to save you. Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but I believe you died for me. I believe you gave yourself for my sin on that cross. Forgive me for my sin. I receive you as my Savior. Make me your child. Come into my heart and save me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. How about that? Praise God. What a message. I, one thing about our revivals is that it is for our church. Amen. And uh, I'm thankful for that. I know it's what we needed. And God is good. I, and that's all glory to the Lord. Brother Thren, he has no idea what we need. But it's amazing how I can go around the room and start talking with people. And you, you, would, you may tell me, well, God spoke to my heart about this. I'll go to somebody else. God spoke to my heart about that. And everyone will say different things. And God can, it reminds me of the feeding of the 5,000. It was all fish and bread. You know there's people that don't like fish. Miss Holsworth hates fish. There's people who won't eat bread. They're watching their weight. Right? And so, you know how we are. I'm not eating that. I'm not eating that. It's not organic. I'm not eating this. 
all different needs. There is only one that can sit a multitude down, feed them one meal, and everybody ate and were full, the Bible says. Isn't that amazing? And here you have a message about patience. Everybody, all, we all ate and were full. God spoke to my heart about a thousand things. Amen. God fed me a thousand different ways with that one meal. Praise God. Can you bear witness to that? How many, their, your heart got spoken to? Praise the Lord. I hope whenever the word of God is preached that you ate and you are full now, ready to go for the Lord. Everybody give Brother Thren a hand and his wonderful family. Praise God uh, for the Thren family. Aiden as well, their cousin, their, uh, he's with them. Uh, thank God for, for him tagging along. Uh, we have food downstairs. How about that? It just got done. <laughs> what, isn't that amazing? Amen. We have a good batch of fresh chili. So we have chili cheese nachos, chili cheese dogs. This is perfect food to go to bed on. Perfect food. So, uh, amen, 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 amen. Uh, we're going to have a great time of fellowship downstairs. I hope that you're able to stay for fellowship and uh, be a part of that. Fellowship is very important uh, as, as believers in Christ. Amen. I'm going to close our service out. And let's, uh, oh, also we have tomorrow night service tomorrow night, Wednesday, our midweek service, if you're able to. Uh, come on out and join us tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, our, our prayer meeting service. And then, of course, Sunday at 11. Let's close in prayer, and uh, we'll go downstairs if you're able to join us. And also, everybody, make sure you welcome our visitors. Say hello to them. Make them feel welcome. Father in heaven, Lord, we come to you. Father, thank you for a wonderful service. Lord, when we lift you up, I, we feel better. I feel better. Uh, singing these hymns. I feel better hearing your word. And it, it, you almost get lost in time being in this building uh, when we're just talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's a little glimpse of what eternity feels like. We get lost in time uh, where there's no more cares, no more worries. And Lord, we know the reality is, though, that we have to face our troubles, our trials, we have to step foot outside these doors again and go home maybe to uh, bad circumstances or have to deal with problems, have to deal and face consequences of our sins that we've committed and, and so forth. And, but, Lord, you're going to be there with us uh, through every step of the way. You will never leave us or forsake us. And I pray, O oh Lord, that from this point forward, doesn't matter what happened before we got in these doors, but I'm talking about right now. May you change our hearts. May you change our direction. May you change our lives and give us an expected end. Lord, when we step foot outside those doors, I pray that our lamps will be glowing bright for the Lord Jesus Christ. You put a smile on our hearts, Lord, a smile on our face. May we sing the hymns of the faith. Uh, and let the whole world know that there's a Savior that lives within us. And we spoke to him today. Lord, I pray that you would use us greatly in this world to be a testimony for the Lord Jesus Christ. And may we see many turn to him. I pray you give us grace, wisdom. I pray, Lord, our patience uh, will grow and that it will be tried, Lord, and uh, that it will bear forth that fruit and work, Father, uh, that perfect work. Thank you for your word. Bless everybody here. Thank you for our church. Pray for our families. Pray for the men, the women, the children. I pray you protect us. Put the hedge about us, I pray. And thank you for being in there with us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you. And Lord, thank you for that food. <laughs> <laughs>